Well, good morning. It is wonderful to have you all here this morning. Please join me as we begin our worship time by singing the doxology, which is found in the red hymnal number 549. number 717. Do not be worried and upset, Jesus told them. Believe in God and believe also in me. There are many rooms in my Father's house, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. I would not tell you this if it were not so. And after I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to myself, so that you will be where I am. You know how to get to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way to get there? Jesus answered, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one goes to the Father except by me. Now that you have known me, he said to them, you will know my Father also. And from now on, you know him and you have seen him. Amen. Our scripture read, excuse me, our first hymn this morning, there we go, our first hymn this morning is number 422, I Know Not Why God's Wondrous Grace. 422, I Know Not God, why, excuse me, I will, <laughs> I Know Not Why God's Wondrous Grace, there we go.
to come and worship you here in this chapel. Lord, we think of our requests that we have in our own personal lives, but Lord, we also think of the needs of our friends, family members, fellow patients throughout this medical center, the families that we'll be visiting, the staff that is working here today. Lord, we lift up those needs to you as well. Because God, you remind us that in your word that you Tell us to pray for each other, because in doing so, we share that spirit of promise that you give to each and every one of us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we think of the needs of this city, the needs of this state, of this nation. Lord, the different needs right now that you just call to mind individually through the presence of your Spirit in our lives. Lord, we lift up those situations. We lift up those people. We'd ask that you would hear their prayers as well, that you would comfort those that need to be comforted, that you would give courage and strength to those that need that, and Lord, that you will give insight and wisdom to all of us as we desire to draw closer to you in all things. And God, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. Our next hymn is number 409. I will sing the wondrous story. Number 409, I will sing the wondrous story. Sing it with the saints in glory, 
sing it with the saints in glory gathered by the crystal sea. Days of darkness still come o'er me, sorrows past I often tread, but the Savior still is with me, by his hand I'm safely led. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory gathered by the crystal sea. He will keep me till the river rolls its waters at my feet. Then he'll bear me safely over where the loved ones I shall meet. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory gathered by the crystal sea. Amen. Appreciate you always joining me in worship because it motivates me up here. It's always good. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You have already heard about this hope in the message of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it and recognized God's grace in the truth. Amen. Let us pray. God, it is so good that We've had this wonderful time to worship, and Lord, is with the joyful hearts that we have in our lives, God, that we ask that we can continue to worship you. And Lord, that you can help me say the things that we all need to hear from your Spirit in the truth that is in our lives. Help me now, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, last week we were talking about drawing closer to God, and we talked about the fact that many times within our own lives it seems that we're walking that tightrope in life, and depending upon how far away you are from God or how close you are to God kind of determines when you make a mistake, when you have an error in judgment, how far that you will fall. So this morning I want to talk to you about the fact that as all of us, I hope, it's my hope today, I hope it's your hope as well, that we desire to continue to draw closer to God, to have fellowship with God, to have communion with God in every aspect of our lives. But how do we get started in that process? And whether you believe that you've been a follower of Jesus Christ for a long time, or whether you're just beginning that process as a follower of Jesus Christ, or whether you're trying to make a decision. 
as to whether you should be a follower of Jesus Christ. Wherever you are in your journey with God, for all of us, every day we have an opportunity to get started in a new day and an opportunity for us to be closer to God than we were the day before. And what's important for us to realize is in everything that we do, it should be in Christ somehow. It should be bringing glory to God somehow. It should be recognizing the personal relationship that you have with Jesus Christ in all that we do, in all that we say. And that is a difficult task, but it is something that we should remind ourselves of as we begin each day anew in terms of how we want to get started with our lives, to begin that day getting started thinking about the love of God that we have through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So spiritually, each day, we have an opportunity to do things in Christ. And it is difficult because there is that struggle between who we are as a person, the things that we desire, the wants that we have in our lives, the times when we are selfish. And I'm not talking about the decisions about what we will have to eat today or whether we will do this or whether we will do that. But the selfishness that you and I know that we have as part of our lives when we know that we are doing something just because we want to do it solely for ourselves and we want to exclude everyone else, including God. Spiritually, we have an opportunity to begin everything that we do in our lives in Christ. And it's something to consider. Whether you have been in the journey for a long time with Christ, whether you're just starting, or whether you're just beginning to think about that perhaps you want to step into that relationship in Christ. Spiritually, we have an opportunity each day to start anew to draw closer to God in Christ. And then after we think about that, after we have that moment in time when we think about the things in our lives that we'd want to dedicate to Christ, that we spiritually want to have Christ to be part of our lives in all that we do, there's a decision that we have to make in terms of whether we want to live a holy life. So in that day when we think of Christ, we also want to think about in Christ, are we going to be holy today? And we've talked about before in this chapel that it's not the self-righteousness kind of holy. It's the holy that brings us closer to God, that gives us an opportunity to stop and to put ourselves aside and to think about our relationship that we have with God and the relationship that we have with others. To be holy. To do those things that honor God to do those things that honor God in our relationship with Christ, to do those things that are the right things for us to do. Holiness is not something that is reflected in some kind of arrogance that we have that we're better than everyone else. On the contrary, holiness should be reflective of the fact that you and I are not better than anyone else. And with all humbleness and with all humility, you and I are equal before God. None of us here is better than the other person. God sees us 
all the same because he knows who we are individually. He knows of the truth of our own lives. And so holiness is a reflection that we have when we do those things in Christ that we want to do holy things. We want to do the things that are right in our lives. The good things that we should be doing. And then when we think about how we get started each day in terms of being in Christ and being holy, you know, we have to make an intellectual decision in what we believe in. We've talked about the spiritual aspect of it. We've talked about the moral aspects of it in terms of being in Christ and being holy. But now we have to make that intellectual decision about the fact that we believe in what we believe in as a follower of Jesus Christ. And we make a conscious decision to do that. We make an intellectual choice to believe in Christ. Many times we don't think about that because it just should become just a part of our lives. But we make an intellectual decision in believing in the things of God. And it gives us an opportunity to really reflect on what we believe in, the choices that we make, the faith that God wants us to have in all things. Because either Christ is the truth, it's real, it exists, or either it does not. It's the biggest lie that has ever been told to mankind. There's nothing in between. There's no middle ground. There's no gray area in terms of what we should be leaving in our lives. It either is the absolute truth or it is an absolute lie. And we need to make an intellectual decision to make that decision, I hope, in believing that it is not a lie, in believing that it is a truth. But it's something that we do I hope daily that we should do daily. And then as we are beginning the day in Christ, we're trying to be holy, we're believing in the things of God as the ultimate truth, then we have an opportunity in terms of a social gathering to commune and have fellowship with each other, no matter how small or how great the people that we work with, our family members, the people that we just casually meet on the street or in a restaurant. An opportunity to truly reflect everything that we have just talked about. Waking up in the morning spiritually being in tune to the things of Christ, desiring to be holy in all that we do, understanding that within our own minds we believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And then as we interact with each other, it should be reflective in our character in terms of who we are, in terms of what we truly believe in. All of us have different personalities. All of us, as God's creation, have different nuances in terms of who we are. There are some things about certain people that I just don't like, and I try not to reflect those things in my life. But you know what? God says that 
we're all related. In fact, one of my favorite expressions with family members, which is, annoys them to no end, is that you can pick your friends, but you're stuck with your relatives. And every once in a while I say that just to remind family that maybe we just need to work a little extra more in terms of just getting along with each other. Because you can pick your friends, but you're stuck with your relatives. But God tells us that we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. No matter who we come in contact, whether it is our friends or whether it is our relatives, we are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then we see within our own lives as we are trying to do all these things every day, overall we have to have the desire, an expression within our own personal lives of a wanting to be with God. A wanting to be with God. And it's more than just an appreciation of God. It's a wanting to be with God. And think about that for a moment. A wanting to be with God versus an appreciation. I think we appreciate a lot of things, but there's a difference between appreciation and wanting. Does that, does that make sense? In other words, I not only appreciate my wife, which that's good in itself, but I also want to be with my wife. And there's a difference. I can appreciate you, but I may not want to be with you. There's a difference. And we have to have a wanting to be with God. A wanting to understand that as we journey each day with God, that God is with us always. And that we are with God. Because it is something that I believe in that we we should have. And I'm becoming convinced more and more over the last couple of months that there really has to be a wanting on our part. A wanting to be with God. Because a wanting means that we want to incorporate everything about God in our lives. And it has taken me a long time to finally get to that understanding. And I'm sharing that with you that perhaps you should consider that as a way to draw closer to God, to have that wanting. And I never, ever get it right all the time. But I have to go back to the basic truth that I want to have fellowship with God And because I have that fellowship with God, I can do these other things that God wants me to do just to make me a better person. Just to give me more peace and more understanding about my life. Just to give me that opportunity that as I want to be with God, the overall fears that I have in my life subside. At times they even go away. Because all of us, every day, face our fears, whatever those fears may be. You know what those fears are. And those fears are between you and God. But when we draw closer to God, a wanting of God, even with those fears, they seem to go away from our lives. They don't seem to be a burden. 
And the contrast to that, as we mentioned last week, when we go farther away from God, the more the fears that we have in our lives just seem to overwhelm us. And we can't think of anything else other than our fears. So a wanting of God in our lives. A wanting that we desire God in such a way that we can tell that we are drawing closer to God because our fears don't occupy our minds and our thoughts and our lives the way that they did before. That should be a test for you and for I as to whether we are drawing closer to God. And so I'm reminded of the fact that when these fears that I have in my own life, my own personal fears that only God knows about in me, when they seem to be creeping in around me, it gives me an opportunity to stop and ask the question, am I wanting that relationship with God? Am I drawing closer to God? Because where are these fears coming from? They are not coming from God. God does not give us a spirit of fear in our lives. But he gives us a spirit of a sound mind. A sound mind which reflects wholeness. Wholeness in the fact that you and I have been made complete in our relationship when we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And in doing so, we have that wholeness and we can sense when fears come around that those things do not come from God. God never wants us to have a spirit of fear, but he wants us to have that spirit of wholeness of wanting a relationship with God. And then with one of our own lives, we, we see the evidence, the evidence within our lives of, of God working in our lives. Many times we don't see it all of the time, but every once in a while God gives us a little glimpse that God truly is working in our lives. And I call those things little miracles that take place. Little surprises that if you stop and think about it, you can say, you know what, God, I really think that you're really working in my life today. Just because of those little things, those little surprises, those aha moments that God gives us, the evidence that God is working in our lives. And that is a testimony of the fact that you and I desire to have that wanting of God in our lives. And then we see within our own lives the evidence that comes forth not only of God working in our lives, but in the love and compassion that we have for other people. For those people that we don't necessarily get along with the best. And I'm not talking about perfection. But I am talking about an understanding that you know that when you step outside in life, that you're going to have an attitude in which you really want to love and you really want to have compassion for others. And yes, you're going to say things, you're going to have thoughts, you're going to have personal desires, you're going to want things to be a certain way, you're going to want people to act and respond a certain way to you. We all want to be treated with respect. We all want to have dignity. We all want to be accepted in terms of who we are as a human being. And there are times that you'll be frustrated because you have that expectation, like everyone else I think should have expectations in terms of how we should treat each other. But God tells us overall 
that we should have that love and compassion. The same love and compassion that I've had for you through your grace and your faith believing is the same way that I want you to have that love and compassion for others. And then we see as we are going through the day, wanting to be with God, doing those things that God has asked us to do, that we see the hope that we have in our relationship with God. The hope and faith believing. You know, when I think about some of my friends that I grew up with, some of my friends that I went to college with, some of my friends that I have served with in the ministry, many of them, a lot of them, are no longer here on this earth. And every once in a while I pause and I I think about my friends that have died. I think about the people that I have served with in this medical center, in ministry, as chaplains that have died. And I think about the hope that they had and what they believed in. The hope in eternal life. The hope in heaven. And if you have that same hope, if you have that same desire, you're reflecting on the fact that your life is being measured by what you do here, but also your life is being measured with a hope as to what is going to happen before you. In the same way that we have that hope of what we believe in in Christ, in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection, in his ascension. The hope that all of us exists in the same way for those of us that believe in Christ. And then we sum it all up with understanding that it is through God's grace that we believe in the truth that has been set before us. The fact that we believe in the gospel a truth of God's love within our own lives, the grace that God has given us, the forgiveness of our sins, the desire to have fellowship and communion with us. Because God wants to be with us as well. It's not only our wanting to be with God, but God's wanting to be with us. And it is a two-way street. In terms of the gospel that God gives us through his grace, the truth that is represented in our lives. And then we see within that transformation, understanding that God wants to be with us, and I hope in the same way that we want to be with God, that we truly understand within our own lives what God wants us to do. To give us that understanding, that desire, to want to share that faith with others. To want to share it within our own lifestyle. In terms of bringing others to God in the same way that we have been brought to God. It's not just hearing about God, but it's also about understanding about God. It's also learning about God. It's also believing about God. And it's also doing about God that God gives us that formula 
the things within our own lives to get started each day, to look at each day anew. And I want to suggest this one thing to you. You don't have to wait to tomorrow to start that. You can get started every moment of every day when God says, hey, you know what? This is the direction that I want you to go in. This is what I want you to do with your next step. There's no reason for you to put off to tomorrow what you can do today. Because you still have the rest of the day in front of you. The rest of the day to understand that God wants to be with you. The rest of the day to think about the fact that you want to be with God. Because it is in that that we recognize God's grace in the truth that he has provided to us through his son, Jesus Christ. So it is my hope and prayer that as you go through the rest of the day, wherever you are in your journey with God, that you have an opportunity to get started once again, to get started in faith believing, desiring and wanting to be with God the same way that he wants to be with you. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for t- together for communion. And I practice open communion. And what that means is if you believe that you have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, that you are welcome to have communion with me. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have touched all of our lives this morning with the presence of your spirit. Lord, you have reminded us that there is a wanting between you and between each and every one of us individually. And God, we want to have that wanting of you in the same way. And God, we are just so thankful that publicly we can demonstrate by taking this communion together as one body of believers in your Son, Jesus Christ, that we want to have that wanting of you in our lives. Thank you, God, for forgiving us of our sins. Thank you, God, for your grace that we have found in the truth that represents your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
received from the Lord, what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn this morning is number 386. I am weak, but thou art strong.
God, we are so thankful that you've given us this wonderful opportunity to have fellowship with each other, that I can truly reach out and call my brothers here in Christ and just praise you and thank you for them. Lord, help us to have that desire within the grace of your truth to want you always in our lives. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.